Hey, everybody. We're in the midst of a few months of focusing on movement skills for climbers. But honestly, I'm not happy with just putting more info out there. So we're making an effort to not only collect the dots, but to connect the dots. And the main place I'm doing that is in our monthly newsletter, The Current. Once a month in your inbox, you'll get not a sales email, but my recent light bulb moments or interrogations of how we've always done things and what we could maybe be doing better. You'll also get the dots connected for you between all of the podcast episodes, blog posts, YouTube videos, and more so that together we can learn, grow, and excel. The link is right there in your show notes. Thanks for the support. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton, and welcome to episode three of the Power Company Climbing podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. We just launched our new site, which I am excited about, largely because working on something that no one can see uh, seems a little pointless sometimes, and I am not a computer guy, and it drove me a little insane, so I'm glad that's out there in the world. Go check it out. It's uh, got all of our training options up there. We'll have apparel up soon. I actually have it in boxes. I just haven't taken photos of it and put it on the interwebs yet. Uh, so that'll be there soon. We're always creating new content. Nate's got some blogs that he's working on that I'm excited to get up there as well. So go check that out. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, anywhere you are on the interwebs, except for Twitter, because frankly, I can't stand Twitter. I don't understand it. It drives me a little crazy, and I choose not to use it. So, everywhere else you are on the interwebs, at Power Company Climbing, find us. So, ironically, I got up early this morning thinking I was going to be extra super productive. And I got about two minutes of work done, and the power went out. Um, yeah, ironic. No power here at the power company. And I'm currently sitting here waiting for the other power company to turn the power back on. Uh, so, But I have battery power, so take that establishment. You can't win this one. Uh, and hopefully my batteries don't die while I'm doing this. So we'll see. Anywho, I... Uh, I'm really proud of the interview that we've got today. Um, you'll probably hear me say that again in the future because, frankly, I'm proud of everything I put out there. I just wouldn't put it out into the world. But this one really is special. Um, I sit down with a good friend of mine uh, who actually does some coaching through the power company and uh, in Estes Park this past summer, uh, Ranvai Umot. She is a Norwegian climber who you've undoubtedly seen uh, her husband, Nathan Welton, is a, a really talented, brilliant photographer, and Ron Vi just happens to be gorgeous and a strong rock climber, so that makes for good photos pretty much all the time. Uh, so you've seen her. 
Uh, what we talk about is an experience Ranvi had in Turkey in 2012. Uh, she made a mistake at the anchors of a route and took a 50-foot groundfall uh, that resulted in some pretty horrific injuries. And we talk about her road to recovery. Uh, one thing we don't talk about is exactly how the accident happened. Um, and I'm not going to try to explain it because I'm afraid I would just confuse you even more if you're confused about it. So if you really have to know, you can go out onto the interwebs, and I'm sure you can find the details of it. It's a, it's a pretty complicated mistake to make, um, but pretty simple for it to happen, I think. Um, so anyway, we're not going to talk about that, because I don't want to be responsible for confusing you. Several times in this interview, I reference a, uh, a story that Ron Vi wrote about the accident on her blog, and you'll be able to find links to that, to the image that I talk about, um, and anything else that I reference on the show notes page, which you can find at powercompanyclimbing.com. Click on the podcast link. Um, but I want to get this started uh, by reading an excerpt from Ron Vi's story, and this is actually an excerpt from her husband Nathan's diary from that day. And uh, this particular passage just really touched me the first time I read it and, and stuck with me. Um, so after I, uh, after I read this, we'll just jump right into the interview. I can still see her falling in a sitting position with outstretched arms that made small clockwise circles like a bird falling from the nest. I can still feel my intestines knotting up as the rope failed to come taut with each new meter she plunged. She made a surprise noise, the same sound she'd make when she dropped a plate or fumbled with her keys, and I can hear the nauseating thud of impact, the cracks of snapping bones and tearing flesh, the breathless, powerful echo of my voice as I screamed for help into the empty pastures below. I can still smell her blood as it poured from her head and into my hands, soaking my clothes and flowing down the limestone. I remember slipping in it, unable to steady myself as I tried to stabilize her spine. I remember the feeling of the blood drying on my skin, tugging at my hair every time I moved my arms or legs. I kissed her forehead, and the blood dried in my beard, and I was reminded of it as I cried because my face contorted and it pulled on my whiskers. An eagle circled overhead and the air was still but I felt like all the world's chaos and violence had landed on my shoulders. Everything had suddenly become so unbearably loud. I remember the primal, metallic taste of fear. She had bones coming out of her ankles, out of her elbow, and both her feet were grotesquely twisted 90 degrees to the side. She was paralyzed from the waist down. Her hip was broken, her back was broken, her feet were broken, her teeth were broken, and she had a deep bloody gash on her head. She was shrieking into that blazing Turkish sun. Where am I? she cried. What happened? I told her to breathe in the pain, thankful that she was, at that point, still alive. I didn't know what to do with so much trauma, and I didn't know if she was bleeding to death on the inside. So I just cradled her head and held her hand and wondered silently as she screamed if this was how I was going to lose my wife. If this is how it would all end, like a scene in a movie looking into her big blue eyes as her life slowly ebbed away, and they closed for one final time. 
but the training part like the fight that happened like I think almost immediately when I woke up in the hospital I was like it was yeah I just needed I needed to know that I did everything I could do Okay, so you were just saying that it sometimes it's hard to um, to remember how it felt like it's it's kind of or to go back to that place. So let's talk a little about that. Yeah, um, yeah, like um, yeah, it can be hard to like remember how it actually felt. Like I don't want it to like. If I'm gonna explain what happened, I don't want to like make it sound like a like a like nicer than it was. And sometimes yeah, it's hard sure. to like tap into like how it actually was, and not just make it like, oh yeah, I recovered, everything is good now. And yeah, like through the whole process, it could be kind of hard actually to to tell people how I actually felt because you want to say that everything is good, you want to be positive, you want to like. Yeah, this is. Yeah, I'm doing better. Mm. Um, but like a big part of you is still like, <laughs> no, it sucks. It's um, uh, yeah, and you're dealing with a lot of pain and dealing with a lot of uh, um, uh, like issues that mm. can be hard sometimes. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it was a pretty. I mean, it's a hugely inspirational story to a lot of people and um and it was pretty heavily publicized and your husband nathan who's an amazing photographer took took these really great photos of the the rehabilitation process and and you wrote this great story and his his part of your story that he wrote really sticks into my head uh i think about it pretty often actually uh, so do you think it being as as publicized as it was, uh, even though it was you doing a lot of the the publicizing it because it is such an inspirational story, do you think that kind of uh, leads your memory to different places than it might have otherwise been? I've been like really conscious about that the whole time trying to like make it like make it real uh like tell tell people how it was and and like in you wanna like in in the middle of the process you uh, uh you, you, I I wanted to I wanted to stay positive I wanted to like not into like go into these deep places sometimes so uh it's hard yeah yeah Yeah, it's hard and so you like you want to tell people that you're great you want to like make it sound good because that's how what you want to tell yourself that's how you want it to be so it's kind of like put that out there maybe that's what's actually what's actually happening um but the whole time i've been trying to not make it sound like better or easier or um than it is sure Uh, because like talking about it has been a, a good way to feel that I can give something back. I've like received so much help through this whole process and like 
uh, help other and I know how I felt that I was like um, reaching out and trying to find uh, other stories that were similar to me there's yeah. so many unknowns and mm-hmm. you're like really seeking for for help when you're in the situation so I feel like what I could do now is to be that for other people who's in the same situation and and I've received a lot of feedback that I'm helping uh, many yeah. people out there and and I'm sure I'm sure there are people everywhere who are who are getting inspiration from it uh, I am for sure you know I'm going through a shoulder injury right now that's incredibly minor compared to what you went through and and that definitely is a source of strength and inspiration for me um what what exactly were the injuries that you had? Can you even list them all? <laughs> yeah, I was I was quite a mess. Uh, so yeah, I took the fall. I landed with um, my my knee uh, with my legs bent. So uh, so, so I so you landed on your feet. I landed on or? my feet like almost like as if I was in a chair, sitting in a chair. Oh, okay. Uh, so I kind of like saved my knees, but my ankles took like basically the whole fall. So I shattered my ankles. Um, it was kind of like a mash of bones uh, and um, uh, tendons ripped off the the bones and nerves. So it's kind of like a a, <laughs> a porridge of, uh, of bones and tendons. Yeah. Um, and then, so, yeah, so a lot of fractures in the ankles, the talus bones were broken, uh, and the calcaneus, the, yeah, multiple, I think it was like 13 bones in there who was affected. Um, my knees were fine. Um, I broke, had like two fractures in my pelvis and uh, two, three vertebrae, compression fractures in, uh, in three of the vertebrae, uh, L2 to L4, and then my elbow um, um, the tip of my elbow broke. So did you fall pieces. back onto your elbows? So I was like, uh, falling and like, and, and kind of got like a little twist as I hit the ground, I think. So my whole like right side got more, uh, affected than the, than the left kind of fell on my right side, I think. So my uh, right elbow got screwed up and, um, yeah, but but uh, my I didn't hit my head or anything, so I was um, yeah I was lucky <laughs> in a in a way. And were you were you lucid through most of this? Do you is all this memory or is it? I mean, do you remember the rescue? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was conscious. I remember. So what I remember is I remember like clipping out of the anchor started falling i thought that nathan had like given me a little bit of slack to give me like a bonus fall from the anchor or something yeah um and then when i felt that i was accelerating i was i understood that that something is wrong Uh, and and then i don't remember like the the middle part of the fall but i remember like it's like my body remember the impact of the fall i don't really Mm. like consciously remember but I can kind of like remember the feeling of hitting it around. Um, and then I think I was probably out for like a couple of seconds or something. And then, uh, and then I woke up from like people slapping me in the face and, and asking me questions. And, and I remember, 
yeah, then I remember <laughs> it was like in and out of a cloud almost. Part of me was like sure. in this bubble of light and, and knowing that this is, nah, I'm dying now. This is, and <laughs> this is the end. Uh, and, but it was like, it was no fear, nothing. It was just like light. Uh, and and I was okay with it. <laughs> uh, and then, like, as people were talking to me, and, and I had this voice in my head telling me, like, no, no, it's too early. You're not, you're not ready. Yeah, and your then body's going into survival mode. Uh, yeah. yeah. So then, uh, then I was, like, in and out of this stage, kind of where, like, I felt the pain and and everything. And then I'm back again where I just see see the situation from outside of my body almost i see nathan being all scared and i'm like oh this is so typical nathan he's so scared <laughs> he's so worried <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> oh yeah and then um, and then back to this like crazy pain that i can't like i don't know if i can describe it even sure it's, like sure different than than anything i've experienced so they they rescue you take you to you were in turkey correct yeah i was in turkey take you to a turkish hospital yeah so um, the, when you were do you recall the moment where you where you decided where you made the decision that you're going to get back did that happen in the turkish hospital what did that happen after you were you were flown out of there to uh back to uh, Norway, right? Yeah. So the, yeah, I was uh, I was in the in Turkey for for about a week until I was stable enough to uh, um, to uh, to get back to Norway. They actually came uh, came from Norway uh, with a <laughs> private jet airplane picking me up <laughs> and flying me back. So pretty lucky to be from Norway in this yeah. situation. Um, do I remember uh, if there was, you know, one one thing about this whole uh, experience is that uh, I really g- got to know how it feels like to be in the moment. Yeah, there is not in like there is not a lot of room to to think about other than right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like I think it's probably like a survival mode <laughs> that happens. So it was, uh, uh, I kind of had the like the the feeling the whole time that I am gonna at one point I am gonna survive this I am gonna go through this whatever happens right. if your, I lose my legs was still there yeah that's exactly I felt like pretty right afterward that I knew just in myself that whatever happens I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of this somehow <laughs> um with legs no legs climbing no climbing um i still have like yeah um, yeah you just your spirit was there you knew yeah. that no matter what was gonna happen physically that that you were gonna come out of it the other side yeah. just fine yeah for sure uh, th- uh, and like I'm not gonna say that I was never scared. Of course, like being active is such a big, uh, big part of my life. Sure. Uh, and I was like, I was terrified, of course, of like losing all that. Um, what but, were the What were the doctors telling you? And I'm sure that first few weeks it was probably 
there wasn't a whole lot of prognosis being given because they were still figuring things out and working through things. But when did the doctors start telling you and what did they tell you about what your athletic future might look like? They they didn't even want to talk about it. I had so many questions. I was probably like the doctor's nightmare. <laughs> I wanted to know like everything. And oh, um, so... Um, yeah, in the beginning, like they were just like, just forget about climbing, forget about everything right now. You're just so lucky to be alive. Um, so there wasn't a lot of, especially for my ankles, there wasn't a lot of prognosis because it was, right. It was uh, there's so many bones and jelly in there that has to come together. And hopefully, it, hopefully it would come together enough. So I would be able, they thought that I was going to be able to walk again. Um, um, and then well, it was like back and forth a lot. The first, maybe the first, I would say three weeks to a month, you can have like, even if they put you back together, the bones are back in your body and, and you're screwed back. It's like, you can have complications. Like oh, yeah. my talus bone was broken, uh, which doesn't have a lot of blood supply. So like before things stabilize, you kind of don't really know if it's, if it's gonna healing up correctly, heal up or, correctly yeah. and and yeah so you can if you go online and read about this you can read all these horror stories you know where people have to amputate and yeah sometimes that's a really bad idea <laughs> yeah sometimes that is really bad <laughs> it's uh, lucky that your story's out there though because yeah. your story's a positive story <laughs> yeah in this in this internet sea of horror stories yep um so so, so there's maybe a, like after a about a a month i would say i was back in norway things mm -hmm. started to like um yeah started to like stabilize itself a little bit and i knew that my, my back was gonna probably not be pain free, or i didn't know if it was gonna be pain free but i knew that i didn't need to like have any surgery on my back or anything like that and right. my pelvis it's just it was just about time for it to to grow back and and try to do as much as i could to uh um, later on in the process to um, to make it pain free with exercises and yeah. So there's an image. Uh, it might be my favorite image from the whole uh, the whole photo series that Nathan has. And I don't know if it's everyone's favorite image, but I've looked at it a bunch of times since I've been rehabbing this shoulder. And it's just an image of your arm <laughs> up you know, above the headboard of the bed and you're holding two weights in your hand and and I don't even think you can see your face in the in the image it's just your hand sticking up over the headboard yeah. and that image speaks to me of so much resiliency and determination um, so what I want to know is did that determination just gradually happen was there a moment where you decided you were going to climb again and it was going to be better than it was before? Or is that something you you held off on making any big goal and you just waited to see while fighting the whole time? Yeah, like for the climbing, I was just putting that aside actually. Honestly, I was I was having it as a as a goal and as a motivation that I wanted to get back but I was also like ready to to give it up I was gonna uh, but the training part like the fight that happened like I think 
almost immediately when I woke up in the hospital. I was like, it was, yeah, I just needed, I needed to know that I did everything I could do yeah. to make it, like this situation as, to come back. I, I know that I, w- I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I heard like, three years later that i could have done if more you, right. if i did more you would have like you would have just worked more. a little harder yeah yeah and then happened and that happened like immediately i just knew that whatever happens i'm gonna do the best i can and i'm gonna have to like <laughs> dig deep to find that um and like I'm sure, like, when I asked for those weights, everyone was, like, rolling their eyes. <laughs> be like, what? She has one arm that she can move, and she's going to lift weights. Yeah. But for me, it was, like, I think more than anything, just a, just a thing to, to, like, remember who I was. Remember yeah, in, in the, really like, important. the hospital, everyone is, like, Yeri, oh God, you're, like, I just want to remember who I was, basically, yeah, and, and that I was going to fight hard yeah to, uh, see for me i i went straight to the couch after my shoulder injury and just mm-hmm. ate ice cream maybe that's because that's who i am i don't believe but, you chris <laughs> <laughs> um so fast forward a little bit you're you're back to rock climbing what are those first moments back on a rope like and how do you convince yourself to even do it uh, didn't need to take a lot of com- like uh, convincing. I I knew that I wanted as fast as I was ready to try. I wanted to try. I was really excited actually to just I I I approached it with an open mind. Either I like this. If I hit it, I'm not like if this is not if this takes more than it gives. I there is so much other stuff to life that I could do. I I get interested in in a lot of things um, um, as long as I put my mind and energy into it I can get into other stuff too so I approached it kind of with like an open mind and just to I was curious was I gonna be scared was I how was it gonna be um, and how was it yeah how was it um, <laughs> at that point it was like really hard to walk uh, and what I experienced as fast as I got on the wall like even if my ankle hurt like <laughs> crazy when I started climbing again then I, I got a little weight off of them and I could use my hands I felt I felt that I could move so it was almost like um, a release to like I can move I don't need to have this uh, um, yeah it, it hurt less than walking which mm. felt really good at that point yeah uh, um, and I also think that all the pain while I was doing is kind of like released a little bit of uh, adrenaline sure uh, so it, it was kind of like a painkiller to uh, your a natural painkiller yeah and what about your mental state I, I know those first times were on top rope um, oh yeah for what sure. was it like when you decided to get back on lead again yeah <laughs> um, yeah, that whole that whole process is uh, it was uh, it's been taking a, a lot of work and a, a lot of time to get like comfortable. That you're still working through. Some. Yeah, I'm. I'm still. Yeah. I like. I'm. I'm good. I, I would say I'm good now because I I've spent so much uh, like um, 
I've been so mindful about my fear. I've been like picking apart why, what am I scared of? Uh, and I was, yeah, you could hear me like my death screams <laughs> falling like one <laughs> meter um, in the beginning. And I, and you know, in the beginning it was like real too because I couldn't really take a fall. My my ankles wasn't ready to uh, to handle the impact. Sure, so it's both sure. like a a fear of hurting in the beginning because I. I uh, I went through so much pain that like the thought of hurting more was just like no. <laughs> yeah, so, no kidding. Um, so it was like a process of like um, finding out wh- when what am I scared of? Uh, is my scare like is is my fear legit? Should I like listen to it or? Or do I have? Is this something like that I can work through, and it's gonna be beneficial for me to not listen to this uh, fear? Fear. Uh, so I just kind of like approached it like uh, like everything else I do in climbing that I want to get better. I, w- I was thinking like, oh, okay, accepting that I am really scared of falling, and I wanna. I'm not gonna think that it's gonna go away. That I'm gonna like be fearless. But I knew that I had to like find a way to uh, to live with it, <laughs> to deal with the fear instead. So yeah. I approached it like like I was training strength training and like really um, systematically systematically went after it. worked with <clears throat> it and with a with a intention of getting better, not get rid of it, but get better at it. Uh, so and I think that helped me all like being conscious about your fear and like facing it instead of like um what i maybe i wouldn't even have done this like being worked so much with my you know it's natural to be scared when you're climbing yeah and i think it's important that you just said get get better at it instead of get rid of it so many people just think um that that the people that they see climbing these hard grades and taking big falls aren't scared of falling. Yeah. But I'm still scared of falling. Yeah. And I tell people that all the time and they they can't believe it. And I imagine that you, having had the accident, will likely always have some fear there, but that you broke it down into, oh, I just want to get better at it. Yeah, I want to get... be able to manage it. That's really important. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that would like be advantage for 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 all climbers to uh, yeah. because at one like level or the other unconsciously or consciously we we have to deal with fear when we're climbing so i think yeah. it's a, i think it was a good thing for me to uh, even if it was hard in the be- especially in the beginning um to to go through it um i think it was really good for my climbing like now <laughs> yeah did you take any like specific steps like were there practice falls that you were taking or yeah for sure um so in the beginning i was top roping when i was ready to lead again i would um i would uh, start taking like i was always climbing overhanging routes just so i knew that i wouldn't like save your ankles yeah save my ankles um and that i would yeah um uh, so yeah, and I so every session I had uh, one of the goals before the session would be over was to take so and so many falls. So that was what I would do in the beginning, just start small, you know, take like a little fall and then uh, make them longer and longer and um, set a set. Sometimes I would set a set of like, okay, I want to have like five 
um, I want to fall five times at least before the session is over. Um, um, yeah, stuff like that. And then, uh, um, and then after like, I was confident with just letting go, like looking down and letting go. I was still scared of like letting go as I was doing a move. Um, So I would like... When you're a little out of control. A little out of control, yes. I would like just make it a little harder and a little harder. And I think it's, it's, uh, it was important to me to, to just uh, try to be more (laughs) comfortable out of, like push myself out of my comfort zone and like try to be conscious in that state to just be more comfortable when I was not. (laughs) Um, Yeah. When speaking of, being more comfortable when you're not. We we talked a little earlier over breakfast, and uh, you were talking about something I hadn't really thought about, but it makes perfect sense. Is that Nathan, being your main climbing partner, he was sometimes more scared than you were. Um, was that the case when you're taking these practice falls? And oh yeah, for sure. For like for for a long time in the beginning, I it it was <clears throat> it was both like good and bad it was always good to have someone who who kind of like knew what i went through so you don't need to like explain all the time you know it's it's kind of good to just have someone there who knows Uh, but at the same time he'd been through such a like uh trauma uh and he was dealing with like um post-traumatic stress for a long time he's been i think the whole process was like way more mental like with fear he he experienced a lot more fear through the whole process than than I did. I think. Sure. Um, and so. Yeah, your body was just my body doing was what it had to dealing. do. Yeah. Yeah, and um, Nathan had to watch it all happen. Watch it all, and, and I'm sure the photos were a good way for him to to deal with it. Yeah, I you think know, so. It's not yeah. only a documentary process, but. Oh no, for sure. I was kind of like <laughs> I wanted him to document the whole thing. It would be because I knew like that I wasn't in a in a state. I wanted to remember it afterward. So I was sure. Yeah, um, yeah. So for him, it, I think it was hard for him to like to like go. He he saw me almost die. He didn't want to like see me hurt again. So he'd be like a little more protective than than normal. Sure. And uh, and that was good in in the first state but at at a certain point you kind of like have to have to get out there have to try have to get over your head and 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 you just have to be scared so i think climbing with other people who would be like who would see me without uh having the the experience that nathan had with me falling was better they they would see me as like I, I was ready at that point. I was ready to take, take fall. I was just scared. And then it would be good to have someone there to, uh, someone else to push me. So I think, uh, yeah. Someone else, to, someone else other than Nathan? Yeah, someone else yeah. other than Nathan who didn't have all the experience of me almost dying if I fell. Right. You know? um, God, was, I, can't, I can't even imagine what that would be like trying to belay you again and watch you in that same situation at the anchors of a climb. Oh yeah, you. Um, oh, God, that must have been like horrible. You know, <laughs> he thought that I was gonna die in his arms right there, and and yeah, it's just like the whole process he's been through. I've been thinking many times that wow, I didn't want to trade position with him. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So so, so 
yeah, changing um, after one hour was ready to like take falls again. I think it was good to um, to change up partners, climb with other people, and yeah, and the same for Nathan. He had a lot of stress actually and fear of falling too when he got back into yeah, uh, into climbing. Um, yeah, and like now, like three years later, we're uh, we're we've been working through this together, and and now we 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 push each other again, and and we're really we're really like do our safety checks and yeah, yeah, yeah. make sure that we can of leave course. the stress on the ground. <clears throat> we're like really particular about checking checking everything, checking our knots, and everything, so we don't need to think about that mid mid route, you know. Yeah, and it, it took you, it's you know, you're three years out at this point, still working through some of the you know the residual issues and and i often see people come into the gym or something with this oh i'm going to get over my fear of falling today you know and i think that's that's a big mistake that people make to think that it's something that's just going to go away like we talked about earlier um so let's go over your your process again let's just look at it a little more in detail when you first started leading again, were you purposely going bolt to bolt and then just taking, or were you, did you jump right into trying to onsite things and climb into the unknown? You know, cause I know the unknown is a, a bigger fear than falling for a lot of people. Yeah. So, so for me, I would, uh, I would be really, um, I don't think pushing yourself too far um it's good because it just creates fear you want to just take a little step and a little step and a little step and try to be comfortable in that position before you like kind of go further so what i would do is um i would go in i I wouldn't climb any route that i I wanted my partner to have climbed the route first um and kind of like i wanted to not have too many unknowns as I was going into a climb in the beginning, I wanted yeah. to be—I wanted to feel safe, and I think like the first part of getting into climbing again was to 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 try to feel safe um, before you feel unsafe. <laughs> uh, so I would be like climbing these overhanging routes, telling myself and um, and yeah that I would just fall into air. If I fell, I would never climb with someone I haven't climbed before. I would, I needed to have a partner that I knew would give me a, like a, if I fell, give me a soft uh, catch. Right. Um, Take away as many variables as possible. Yeah, exactly. That was the first step. And then the more I get comfortable, the more comfortable I got, the more, uh, um, yeah. Uh, I would take small falls in the beginning and and see how my ankles would handle it, you know. And the more I just felt comfortable that my body could handle taking a fall, then I would get get into like the next step and saying, okay, I'm ready to um, to climb something hard enough that I actually might fall. Um, so I would like take it in like baby baby steps. Uh, feeling out where I was comfortable um, and trying to, when I was ready, trying to like go past that a little bit in steps. (laughs) Um, Was there, I I find that it's easier for a lot of people to take uh, unplanned falls 
on terrain that they already know. Um, so, so you've done the moves, you, um, and then you fall trying to link moves. I find that that's easier for people than, than like trying an on-site and falling in unknown territory. Um, was it, do you think that it was easier for you to have, you know, Nathan or somebody go up, learn the moves, you go up and learn the moves bolt to bolt or, you know, taking small falls in between that are planned do you think it was easier for you to take planned falls or unplanned falls on terrain that you already knew because you were, you knew you were physically capable? Yeah, of course, because it's like, it takes away one of the unknown. If you know the route, you take that part out of it. And then like, as you know, the moves, you get more and more into like just doing the move instead of thinking about falling. Uh, so the better you know the route, the more you can concentrate about the the moves instead of falling. And if you just fall, you just fall. Like for me, it would be, and the the uh, the fear would lie in like um, uh, losing control, falling out of control, yeah. as you mentioned yep. earlier. Um, so knowing the route would definitely take um, would take. <laughs> one one unknown out of that so like what i would do in the beginning is usually have my partner climb it first um i would top rope the route first and then i would get into leading it when i was feeling comfortable yeah and i think a lot of people you know even people aren't coming back from injury can can take a lot away from that because like I said, people just try to get over this thing in a day. Yeah. And it doesn't work that way. It's sometimes it could take months or years or you know, but as long as you're taking it in baby steps, little bite-sized chunks and and just working through those little pieces at a time. Yeah. And I think for for me, like a, a big part of a part of the dealing with it is just to accept that you are scared. Like saying that it's okay it's okay that i'm scared not something that i just want to hide and or get rid of or not approach it's just like i am scared i want to it's okay like yeah, i want to acknowledge this and and i and i want to do something about it yeah you can't really face it until you've acknowledged it to begin with yeah and right making excuses isn't going to help you get there no so yeah it was a good uh, opportunity to, for me actually to uh, to do something about it and to to learn a lot about being scared and how to deal with it. Yeah. So what's it look like now? I know you're still dealing with some of it. Um, you know, are there things that have fallen away that you're you don't have to deal with as much, or do you kind of still go through the same process? Like for now, it is uh, mostly it's better than it was. I, I would say before the accident, almost because I've been working with my <laughs> working with it so much. Uh, so at most days, it's uh, it. I, I'm at a better spot now than I was before the accident, but I still have um, like flashbacks, and I still sometimes it, it could be like. Um, situations that put me back into it like uh, for a while it was wind and if i got mm. cold um that would just trigger it and i would have off like i would freak out top rope or not top rope or and i would be like oh my god like, you know like i thought i was over this what is happening you kind of like lose control i would like lose control of my my own body more than i've uh 
or I will, because it still happens to me more than I've done before. Uh, before the accident, um, I don't think fear would paralyze me. Now it kind of does. Now I'm like, I'm not functioning really. Uh, it, that and that happens less and less too, um, just because I, I was like trying to f- find out what kind of situations that um, that triggers my fear. Uh, and as as I said, it's wind and it's uh, and temperature. So mm. and then I was thinking, well, I'm just gonna try to be cold when I'm not in a climbing situation. So I would like <laughs> be outside being cold, not yeah. climbing, yeah. and just like kind of like re-teach your body that you're not gonna die even if you get cold (laughs) yeah you're not gonna die if if there's if it's windy so i just like approach that um just trying to expose myself uh in safe situation to the element that would uh trigger it and and i and i feel that it's like better now i was in the red river gorge last fall and i I was climbing with icy cold fingers and yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and when we had like fire pits under the in the cave in there. So yeah, it's definitely getting better. And I and I have the the situations where I'm like freezing up doesn't happen that often anymore. And if it ever happens, I'm like, well, it's okay. <laughs> like you can't yeah. like yeah, you can't beat yourself up no, over you things can't, you can't control. Like, it's sometimes, you know, you're like, oh, I put so much work into this. I want it to be over. But then you kind of just have to remember, <laughs> no. Yeah, I think you've okay. got a really smart way of dealing with it, whether it's something you uh, intellectualized or not. I think yeah. it's uh, you're, you're dealing with it in a really intelligent way by by going straight to the fear and stripping away all the variables and making sure you're in a safe position when you're dealing with that fear, mm. uh, I think that's, I can't imagine there's a better way to begin approaching any kind of fear of falling or fear of the unknown or fear of fear of whatever, uh, any kind of danger that you're in, it's best to put yourself into a safe place and then deal with it slowly. Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, it's been working for me, that's, that's for sure. So physically, um, are there any residuals now i mean you had you had some pretty intense injuries um you know do your ankles limit you or are you finding creative ways around your limitations <laughs> now i just have a good excuse for not <laughs> carrying any or <laughs> you make Nathan carry everything. <laughs> no no i'm using it for all it's worth well, that's, no. <laughs> that's what a good that's what a good husband does anyway yep. so. um um yeah, I'm. Uh, I have um, pretty like severe uh, um, arthritis in my in a lot of the joints in the ankles, so uh, I can't really actually carry very heavy backpacks for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to um, I try to avoid the things that triggers triggers to get and that trigger it to get worse. Like uh, if not go for long runs or carrying heavy stuff and. And stuff like that, and and go on bike rides instead of uh, uh, running. Um, I still have to like change up what I would like most prefer. I would mo- mostly prefer to go for a run if I could. I used to love that, you know. But uh, yeah, I would try to like change those things without thinking too much about it. Um, but and I still like 
the interesting part is that after three years, I still feel that it's not. Um, it's I'm still recovering. I'm right, still you can getting still better. get physically better. Yeah, I still feel like um, that I that I get better. It's it's kind of like the the. It's so the curve is not steep anymore, so it's kind of like hard to notice. But uh, when I came back to places that I was back at like three months ago, uh, I kind of remember how how I felt. And if I go back there, I'm like, hey, I'm so much better now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, so I, yeah, I still get better, and I think um, working with my leg, I lost a lot of leg muscles, and I feel like uh, the stronger my legs get now the more uh, the more pressure the mus or the more force the the muscles can take off the joints um, right right so the more my <laughs> muscles come back the um it's like putting armor around the yeah, the injuries that is. can help it you know yeah. um, and, and in the beginning i was like really uh, I wanted my climbing strength back, so I think I was focusing <laughs> a, a lot more on my upper body strength. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I was, of course, I was doing some like exercises, but now I'm actually getting back. I can go on like short runs and and I go on bike rides, and and I feel that that helps a lot, especially biking. <clears throat> Being on a road bike is one of the few things where I don't feel like limited at all. Oh yeah, that's really important. To have. Yeah, it's like a place where I can just go as fast as I can and <laughs> and like be nor feel kind of like normal again. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that you're, you're this isn't just happening. I mean, you're putting work in. You know, I got up at eight o'clock this morning or something and came downstairs, and you're down here working out already. Yeah. So <laughs> you're definitely putting in the time and the effort to continue making yourself better yeah yeah i think i love that i yeah i I, that make that's one of the things that makes me feel good when i feel that i put a lot of effort and and work into something that i want i feel good about myself yeah and and recovery all the exercises is uh um i've been on the other side i know how bad it can be like if i can avoid that by doing like some exercises for my shoulders now and and stuff like that to avoid injury i it's so much less like it's so much easier to do that and than to be injured so yeah uh, for me to put in some hours in the morning to uh, to do exercises is it's just it's kind of (laughs) easy now what about uh did you do yoga before the injury oh yeah um yeah yoga has been a in a big part of my uh, recovery act uh, recovery and also but i was doing yoga beforehand yeah i was actually just i just became a yoga instructor when the when the accident happened so i never got to teach yoga but i've always uh, not always since i was 15 maybe um doing yoga myself yeah and you um, said you told me yesterday that you were when you were recovering you started out by doing chair yoga and i think you're i think it's great that you're ego allows you to step down to uh, uh, what a lot of people might consider a lower level you know not just in climbing but in uh, doing yoga in and in your case it was you know walking for that matter and working your way through it Uh, is yoga something that that you feel is instrumental in the physical and the mental and the psychological aspect of coming back to climbing 
the best uh, the best it's done for me is actually that it's a really good a measure measurement i can like if i try to do a a yoga exercises uh yoga exercise it it's it shows me my un where i'm uneven if i do one uh one uh, one thing on one side and i and it's so obvious if i can't do it on the other side i see right. where or i see where i need to get more fl flexible to to be balanced and uh, so it's a good tool to um to just yeah see if i'm balanced and i also used it as a in the mental part where i was uh, really scared a lot of the the chest opening exercises and the breathing was really good for me to to use as a tool when i was dealing with a lot of fear yeah i bet do you ever if you're at a rest on a route do you does your mind ever slip into thinking about the accident or thinking about the injuries or the physical limitations or, or fear for that matter? No, not, uh, um, if, if, it, if I start getting, uh, if I start getting, uh, like scared, if I like, or mm. if I feel my heart beats, if I'm scared of a crux that is coming up or something, uh, that's like, I try to at least, um, like concentrate about my, um, my breath instead and i think yoga like learning all this like different breath breathing exercises has been a good it's really transferable to climbing so i try to like focus about like focus in inward instead of like thinking about what's coming up or yeah so or, you're using yeah. the things you practice in yoga you're yeah. practicing those that you know while you're climbing yeah yeah calming yourself down yeah for and, sure so that's uh yeah, I think yoga is really helpful that way. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm certainly ridiculously impressed. You know, watching you climb in the red last season, and and watching <laughs> you, uh, or a year ago or so, and then watching you boulder yesterday. I'm I'm really impressed with the way you move so easily um, in such a short time after after these the many injuries that you sustained. But I think. I think what I'm most impressed by is watching how, uh, you know, a boulder problem yesterday you were having a hard time with and you had, you'd found your own way because you couldn't do it the way all the tall guys were doing it. And, <laughs> and you were getting frustrated over not being able to make this move as easy as you wanted it to be, but you just, you kept trying it and kept trying it and kept trying it. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for me, um, through your whole experience is that that you just keep at it it's one of the things that like is the best thing that happened from this uh, accident i think is that it just kind of like took the whole like ego and expectation and like everything that is not important is just kind of like takes it away in a way you like you know time <laughs> i don't have time for like being worried about what other people think or like i don't know it's just it kind of was a release in a little bit not that i was too bothered about it before the accident but it really it put it in a light like dude we're just rock climbing <laughs> we're, <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so um yeah hmm. okay <laughs> well thanks thanks for Thank you. sitting down with me and being nice enough to let me bother you and force you to talk about these things. <laughs>
Thanks, Chris. Wow. Um, I don't listen back to these things until I'm putting them out into the world for you. And uh, when I listened back to this conversation with Ron Vi today, I was really struck by how how powerful the story is and how amazing a job she does at putting into words the mental process that she goes through uh, to deal with all these fears uh, from an obviously horrific accident. And um, I really think a lot of people could learn from her... Uh, her story and her process. So if you have somebody in your climbing life who suffers from, you know, fear of falling, of failure, of fear of success, fear of the unknown, whatever it might be, uh, send them this way. I really think they could could learn something from this conversation. So uh, big things happening here. If you haven't checked out the new site, go do that, powercompanyclimbing.com. Um, also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, everywhere but Twitter because we hate Twitter. And um, just to let you know some things that are going on before I sign off here, uh, I recently had a conversation with my friend Paul Corsaro. He is the co-author of our Kettlebells for Climbers program that I'll be putting out soon. Uh, and I'll also be putting that podcast out when, I, uh, when we finalize the Kettlebells for Climbers ebook. Uh, tomorrow, I'm uh, going up to Columbus, Ohio to help out with a clinic with Justin Shong. He was nice enough to invite Nate and I to, uh, I don't know if you just heard that, but that was my absolutely insane cat. Um, anyway, Justin was nice enough to invite Nate and I up to help out with the clinic, and uh, and we really felt like feel like we could learn a lot from him, so we're both excited about that. And... Uh, uh, if you happen to be in the Midwest, I'll be emceeing the So Ill Showdown next weekend, so maybe I will see you out there. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher Radio. Um, all the other podcasters say to leave a review, but I don't really know what that means or care at this point. So if you want to, do. If you don't, don't. This time, this time, this time, this time, this time. This time, 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 this